Welcome to All in Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton. Joining me is Brian Irwin for this episode of Lunch with the Coach on Texas Football, brought to you by Laura Baker and Keller Williams Realty. Uh, Coach, uh, I tell you what, uh, Longhorns uh, go into Ames on Saturday and uh, come out with a big win, move to 10-1. and Now they have Texas Tech coming up on Friday. Uh, let's circle back to Saturday night and uh, I'm just going to open the open it up and let you speak. What did you see on Saturday night? I just saw a well of a football game and a, and a great football team. Both team, both teams. Got to give our credit to Iowa State. They they've got a they're well coached. They're very physical. They play a tough brand. But uh, for the Longhorn fans and, and Longhorn Nation, my gosh, that that's football. That's November championship football. We played outstanding. Had a couple touchdowns. Get called back. Overcame some. Some you know penalty deficits at halftime. I think we've got six. That's the only thing I was frustrated with was the penalty situations, as I'm sure everybody else was. But some of them were ticky tack. I didn't think either one of the touchdowns that got called back, those those penalties that were called against us actually affected the play. I think Xavier would have cut back against the green anyway without the block in the back. And I think Quinn was over the top and outside the pocket, ready to throw the football when when Banks got called for holding. So. Um, yeah, the the, the uh, officiating situation was a little frustrating, but I'm just proud of the way the guys battled back and showed a lot of toughness, a lot of resolve, very physical football game, uh, November championship style play. And, and uh, anybody that watched that game, you may not be impressed with Longhorns by looking at the final score if you didn't watch the game. Anybody that watched that game uh, – can come away thinking, you know, we we've got a we've got a dandy of a football team. We're well coached, we're physical, and we got championship culture. Uh, you mentioned all of that, and uh, you know, we we look at it, and at halftime it was just six to three, the Longhorns. Mm -hmm. uh, but really, the offense got going midway through the second period, and they were just on a roll, yeah. uh, only punting once after the midway point of the the second uh, quarter. Mm -hmm. uh, what did what did you make of the offensive performance? It seemed like it just kept building and building and building, and then they were just moving the ball almost at ease by the end of that that game. Yeah, I, I really liked the, the concept we have of the passing game, and then of course we were running the ball. We started running the ball very effectively about midway through the second quarter. I, I thought the tide started turning there in the run game. We were, uh, I looked at halftime, and CJ's got almost five yards of carry. I'm like, okay, this is good stuff. Um, and then we continued that with in the second half with Bell. We're on the football, and uh, our, our completion percentage went up. Our yards per catch went up. Um, and then, Bobby, like we just have hounded on and hounded on over the last few weeks, and especially last week, our third down is short yardage offense uh, produced. I don't know what the stats are. I don't need to know. I watched the game. We were effective. We were efficient on third and one to two and, and fourth and one to two. Uh, he put in a few more wrinkles, you know, the, going under center, a little jet sweep action, offset C.J. Baxter, you know, dove him up the middle. Some of that pro football style uh, mentality. So I like what, what Sark did on third down and short, we, and we were very effective. So that allowed us to stay on the field because we identified last week that was probably what was getting us off the field the last few weeks. And, and we were able to stay on the field by being effective on third down. And he also didn't go for the big big game hunting either on first down that, that maybe – would stymie a drive if they didn't hit it. They only went deep really that one time. And yeah. uh, A.D. Mitchell or Adonai Mitchell was able to get that uh, uh, interference call. Uh, yeah. You mentioned running the ball. And I'll, I'll start with this. I also want to talk about Quinn Ewers and his development, Sark's play calling. 
uh, just how dominant the defense was. Um, my my thought on it in, in question for you starts with C.J. Baxter. Mm-hmm. He seems to be one of those running backs that likes to get going a little bit and just yeah. continues to gain pace as mm-hmm. opposed to one of those guys that just comes out of the gate popping in the first five or so carries. What, what did you make of the freshman's performance? Because I really think that, uh, you know, wrapped in, in all this going to Ames victory, there were some unsung heroes, and I feel like he was maybe the biggest one of all. He was definitely one of them, uh, Bobby. That's a great point. He, he played well. Uh, he ran the ball tough. Like you said, it takes a little bit of time for those great backs to get lathered up. Once they get lathered up, uh, you know, they get 10, 12 carries under the belt. Now they feel good. They, they, they get in a the rhythm. They've had some contact. Uh, they got popped on the shoulder pads. They, they, they've learned how to drop the pads. Even in the passing game, he caught some some nice balls, and, and some of them they weren't effective. We, we lost a couple of yards, but at least, you know, he caught them and possessed the ball. He very easily could have fumbled a couple of those shots he took out in the flat. Um, and then that one, you know, I was a little bit worried. He he, he caught it, got three or four yards, and, and sought contact and got up a little slow. Uh, but, uh, you know, he shows a lot of physicality. Uh, he's a complete back. I mean, we saw what he did last week against TCU on the big play at the end of the game in protection. We've seen him run the football. We've seen him catch the football. You know, he started the season out, very first play of the game against Alabama. We're throwing the ball to him out of empty. And so he's a complete back, and uh, he's got a bright future. Jaden Blue helped out a lot in the backfield, too. Jaden Blue is – oh, he's, his speed is unbelievable. He's he's a good – uh, complimentary back, though his speed is outstanding. Yeah, it's it's very similar to what Keelan Robinson was thought to bring early, but maybe Jaden yeah. Blue is a little bit more of a natural runner than Keelan Robinson. Yeah, and he's got a little more body weight, and uh, he, he's a little bigger and faster, stronger. Maybe a little, maybe a little bit better pass catcher too. Catches everything with his hands. Those two guys didn't juggle anything yeah, uh, that was on their way. Think about the 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 one of the last plays within the game when we ran a little toss sweep. Uh, great call by Sark. We were probably on the on the right on the verge of field goal range, and we we run the toss into the boundary, and and uh, Jay Blue picks up six eight yards, and uh, that enables uh, Auburn to come in there and kick his third field goal, and that that was huge. Going up ten points, we needed that field goal. Got it. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking with uh, Brian Irwin, Coach Brian Irwin, two time state championship football coach of the Lamar Cougars. Uh, Brian, each and every episode of Lunch with the Coach brought to you by. Laura Baker of Keller Williams Realty. Uh, give Laura a shout if you're moving to, from, or within the Austin area. Laura's a friend of the program, also a friend of ours. Uh, call her at 512-784-0505 or visit her, or, or email her, excuse me, at laura at andyallenteam.com. That's laura at andyallenteam.com. I know she was jumping up and down on Saturday night for sure. <laughs> All right, hey, uh, Quinn Ewers, uh, I wanted to talk about him because he started slow. I thought he looked timid in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And then, boy, is it, it, it maybe he's a quarterback that needs to get lathered up, yeah. Brian. Because yeah. after he saw enough times, I mean, he finished the second half 10 of 13 uh, for 200-plus, 22 of 33 overall. He started getting humming in the second half. Yes, he did. And, and I think a big part of it is understanding how to – uh, maintain pocket presence, especially against a three-man rush, uh, because you you tend to have a lot of time back there. But quarterbacks aren't used to having that much time, and they get a little antsy. And a co- couple of times, the announcer even said, "You know, he, he's he's moving. He needs to help his offensive lineman out. He's moving in areas that he doesn't need to move." And we've talked about this a lot of time. Gap escapes. You've got to escape appropriately or move in the pocket appropriately. 
And uh, if you overreact to something and you move the wrong way, well, then a defensive lineman can come loose. It's actually already blocked. It happened on one of the sacks. I mean, pocket looked great, and you could see him start popping his feet and, and, and getting a little antsy, moved to his right, and he shouldn't have moved to his right. He probably should have just stepped up or moved to his left. And I thought once he got comfortable with that three-man rush, um, he started doing some some great things. It's kind of very similar to what I saw way back when. I watched Patrick Mahomes play a lot in college. My kids went to Texas Tech. And, and I saw one day he was playing West Virginia. West Virginia rushed three the whole day. And Patrick was back there antsy as heck. And, and it really affected him. You've got to know how to to respond and, and, and navigate the pocket when you've only got three man pass rush. So uh, I thought he made that adjustment really well. It seemed like he came off of uh, initial receivers quicker as the game wore on too, and started checking down more. Yes, uh, and uh, boy, he made some uh, brilliant throws uh, overall, and just really provided some leadership and some consistency uh, mm -hmm. that the Longhorns really needed. Tucked within that, and maybe helping him out in that regard was Sark's play calling. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about it and I talked with the guys at the inside Texas as well. We all think Brian that, that Sark made, uh, had maybe one of his best days as a play caller uh, mm -hmm. in the second half. What do you, you agree with that? Or do you think, yeah. you think that's just part of the game or what? I, I totally agree with it. He, he called a well of a game and, and I, I know Iowa State was off balance because I was off balance. I mean, we had, we had no pattern. We had no idea what was coming. I'm, like, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to run it right here. And he, he, we play action and, and, and take an intermediate shot, um, you know, or it's a pass down and he runs it. And, and uh, I just thought this, the run schemes were outstanding. Um, and, and the, the passing scheme was in the concepts, getting, you know, getting Gunnar Helm involved. And my favorite part of this, this topic, this conversation is going to be Jay Witt. Uh, I beat, I've been beating his drums and beating his drums. And I was so excited for Jay Witt. And you can tell just the, the intangible. When Jay Witt started getting involved, I, I felt the, the team just, just, just getting stronger and stronger, the camaraderie, um, the, the, the production. Uh, but the, the play Jay Witt made, the run after the catch, uh, the, you know, the touchdown reception, uh, what he does in, in, in and out of plays and, and behind the scenes and blocking and things like that. So getting Jay Witt involved was huge. Yeah, and the two-point conversion as well. That was a new look. You yeah. mentioned short yardage conversion. There's nothing mm – -hmm. uh, you know, basically a, a fourth and two. Fourth and three, line. Yeah. yeah, it, it was a tremendous uh, – and I, I want to take you from there, and we talked a lot about the offense, but my goodness, the defense. Uh, 21 rushes for Iowa State, just mm -hmm. nine yards for the Cyclones. Uh, Byron Murphy uh, – Devondre Sweat, Baron Sorrell, Alfred Collins, Ethan Burke, Vernon Broton, Trill Carter. I suffocating, I guess is the best way to put it. You would yeah, agree? I, I would totally agree. I think everybody walked away just, you know, we were moving the line of scrimmage. We were compressing space. We were moving the line of scrimmage back every single snap, every time they tried to run the football. And then I'm telling you, Benda, David Benda played a well of a game. A uh, lot of big hits. Jalen Ford played a well of a game. The linebackers fit, and uh, it's a whole lot easier for those linebackers to fit uh, an 18-inch gap versus a, a four-foot gap, you know, and that's all about compressing space and what our defensive linemen were doing. That's that's interesting. You mentioned uh, you mentioned the linebackers in that space. That's exactly what Steve Sarkeesian said in his post-game press conference. He's like, look, if, if our linebackers have 
each have six tackles and three of them have six tackles, the, the front, that means the front is really doing its job because it, they're leaving them clean to do what they need to do. Uh, yeah. All right. The other question I would ask here in, in uh, talking about that defense is there's now an MO of the Texas defense. Mm-hmm. Stop the run and make the other team beat you passing the ball. Mm-hmm. Some teams come closer doing that than others. Um, Iowa State didn't really they, – they, they had a couple of big plays, but they really didn't do that much in, in, you know, on a consistent basis against Texas. Mm-hmm. Whereas TCU and Oklahoma, those teams kind of did, right? Yeah. Is, is that really what's, what Texas just needs to be worried about here is guys that can pass against them because nobody's going to run against Texas. It doesn't look like you know, you, you, you all go into every single football game. You're not going to take anything for granted. You still got to stop the run. Uh, no matter who we play, we're, we're going to design this thing to stop the run. But November championship football season like it is right now, it's all about stopping the run and, and, and forcing them to throw the football, forcing them to be left-handed per se. Because, Bobby, as the season goes on and on and on, that's what we found in high school football. In, in all football, college football, pro football, it's all the same. The teams that can run the football have a better chance because the passing concepts, you've broken down passing concepts and passing trees and passing routes all season long. Was it Thompson that made the interception? Yes. Yep. Okay. You saw last night he came out of the free safety position. They ran a little boot play, and and he knew the route that was coming. He knew it. And he jumped it and undercut it because he knew exactly what route was coming based on that play action scheme. So when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. you got miles and miles and miles of paperwork and tape that these DBs now can watch because the passing concepts are what they are. And and so now they can be a little bit one step ahead. Uh, They can anticipate routes. They can anticipate throws based off of action in the backfield, whether it's drop back, whether it's play action, whether it's quick game, whether it's sprint out. So um, I like our chances. I like the way the team's built. I like the way the defense is built. If you can't stop the run, you can't stop the run, period. Uh, It don't matter how many you put in the box. But uh, if you stop the run with, with five and a half, six in the box, and then you uh, recognize route concepts and you anticipate routes, uh, you got a better opportunity to, to uh, stop the passing game. Uh, Brian, you talk often about not just offense and defense, but all three phases, special teams. You mentioned earlier as well, Burt Auburn and him hitting those three field goals. Uh, the special teams for the Longhorns, were decidedly a difference uh, on Saturday night, um, mm-hmm. literally almost taking back a punt for a touchdown, 
but also setting up one for a field goal at least uh, was Xavier Worthy's first. Uh, the two-point block by Tavondre Sweat uh, that Austin Jordan returns. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan Sanborn uh, also uh, doing his duty as a punter, uh, nailing two within the 20-yard the, uh, line. And then you have Bert Auburn hitting all three field goals. What, what were your thoughts on the special teams for the Longhorns? Well, you and I didn't talk before we came on, uh, um, but for about six seconds, I think, and we didn't talk about this, but you nailed all, all of my points. Uh, it's the first thing I had written down was special teams. And under special teams, I had Auburn, I had Sanborn, I had Xavier Worthy's punt return that you can't discount. I mean, that's still a – it is what it is. I mean, the, it, Iowa State's on, on notice at that point in time because he got another big return later in the game that set us up on like the 35-yard line. Um, I thought he would have had the return whether they called the block in the back or not. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, you know, so the, the PAT block and return, that's a three-point swing. You know, it's like us kicking a field goal or getting an extra field goal. So it's almost like Auburn went four for four uh, with that play. And so, um, you know, the special teams unit, I, I go on and on and on. It's, it's a championship club. We've been saying this for weeks, Bobby. We're, we are a national championship contending football team uh, with our special teams, uh, with our run defense, and, and certain other aspects of this team. One other one other thing on special teams that I, I did want to point out was our coverage units. Our coverage units are outstanding. Um, they had one punt return for zero yards. They had one kickoff return, I think, for 13 yards. Uh, and then on, on um, the other case, we had like a 14-yard average on punt returns, and we had like a 20-yard average on kickoff returns. So our returns versus their returns or our coverage versus their coverage, we're creating a lot of hidden yardage there as well. So special teams is just complete. Coverage units, kicking, punting, PAT blocks, uh, Worthy's returns, he's always a threat. Uh, so our special teams are outstanding. I go on and on. Got it. Uh, all right, I want to ask you uh, about Texas Tech next. Uh, uh, but first, we want to say thanks one last time to uh, Laura Baker of Keller Williams Realty, a friend of the program. Uh, reach her at 512-784-0505 or email her at laura at andyallenteam.com. Laura is a great friend of the program, a great Longhorn as well, and she will treat you right if you're moving to, from, or within uh, the greater Austin area. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Brian, now Texas has Texas Tech coming to town on Friday, day after Thanksgiving. It's a weird time. You know, you and I went to school in Texas, and it was on Thanksgiving or, you know, day after Thanksgiving. And so some of the some of the kids go home from uh, – some of the students go home for, for uh, Thanksgiving. Some stay. Some years it was a big game, and some years it wasn't. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on on this one? It's always weird to play the day after Thanksgiving. It's also memorable when it's the last regular season game of the Big 12 uh, era for the Texas Longhorns. How many students now go to the University of Texas? Uh, roughly 50,000, about the same as when we were there, right? Okay, 50,000. We need we need 20% of them to stay. We need we need, <laughs> we, we need about 20% of them to stay and go to the game and, and, and forget their family and turkey. <laughs> we need a big student section. Um, but the thing I think about most of all, I, I, I live with a lot of Red Raiders. Uh, my three kids went to Texas Tech. I've got some in-laws that are Texas Tech. My brother-in-law's a Texas Tech. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't think there's any institution in the world, and this includes A&M and Oklahoma, that hates Texas more than Texas Tech. The conspiracy theory, 
the the uh, I, I I joke. I'm like, what? How much money did I have to spend for my kids to take that class? And they went, what class? I went that class, the class that they teach them how to hate Texas and 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 just just hating on uh, the University of Texas. So we've got a work cut out for us. Uh, Texas Tech really wants to win this football game. We know uh, all the talk that was talked last year after they beat us up there in Lubbock. Uh, I was there, and we know you know Joey uh, was quite proud of that victory, which he should have been. But uh, we ought to have a little more um, cannon fodder this week, just like we had last week. And uh, this is a, the Red Raider football team that's, that's like we've said before, Bobby, they've broken our hearts before in Austin. They've broken our hearts before in, in Lubbock. Uh, we've got to be ready to play. We're going to get their best shot. We know that uh, where the Big 12 situation stands and what, how the Big 12 thinks about Texas right now, uh, we've got to leave no doubt. We've got to dominate this football game from start to finish. We need a big crowd, um, and, and we need to win this football game. Uh, Brian, the last question I have for you is about this. It's it, you're, you're, you've been a former head football coach. Uh, you're 10 and one for the first time as a head coach at the university of Texas. If this happens to you, were to happen to you, what do you think Steve Sarkeesian's thinking right now? That he's got it going in the right direction. I mean, he's got to be proud. I mean, what, think of some of the things that you would be, you think he's probably going through and, and kind of describe those to folks. Uh, a, how can I take care of my football team during the week physically and mentally, yet still get our work in, get our reps in, get our you know, preparation done? But uh, just like last week, he's got to take care of them mentally and physically. It's a long season. Uh, we're beat up and like everybody is. Um, and the players appreciate that and, and they'll respond and, and they'll go at certain times in practice, then they'll back off and then you know, you'll go and then you'll back off just to uh, reduce the wear and tear in practice. Um, I think secondly, you can coach them as hard as you want to coach them. This team believes in their coach. This team believes in their coaches. This team believes in the culture. This team knows they're a top, you know, five to six, you know, or seven right now, but we're top four to five football team. That's what I, that's what our players think most importantly. And so you can coach their butts off. Uh, you can be as hard on them as you want to be because they know that's what it takes. You gotta, you gotta keep getting better every single week. Uh, you gotta improve. The teams that improve from from this week on, really last week on, uh, are the teams that are going to be the championship teams. You can't stay the same. If you stay the same, you're not going to be a championship team. If you keep getting just a little bit better this time of year, I saw a football teams Saturday night that got. Better that that was a much improved Texas football team. I think we're starting that that last push that you got to make to become a championship football team. Very much like TCU did last year. You know they they just kind of inched along, inched along, and all of a sudden they took that big leap at the end of the year and became a, a, a pretty pretty good football team. So uh, I think that's where we are. Um, take care of them physically, mentally, and then coach their butts off because those kids are going to let him. Got it. All right, Brian, those are inspiring words. Longhorns uh, and are headed uh, to possibly the Big 12 championship. We got to see how everything breaks out. But the, if the, certainly if the Longhorns take care of business on Friday, they're in the, the uh, Big 12 championship. Or if Oklahoma or Oklahoma State loses, they're as Texas advances for sure. Or Kansas State wins, Texas advances as well. All right, that's going to do it for this afternoon in Lunch with the Coach. With Brian Irwin, thank you to our sponsor, Laura Baker of Keller Williams. 
Brian, uh, until next week, or I, actually, I hope to get you on sometime this week. Uh, it, it'll uh, enjoy your turkey day, if not. Uh, but everything else is going great, bud, and I appreciate you very much. Uh, for Brian Irwin, I'm Bobby Burton. Welcome. Thank you, Bobby. Welcome. <laughs>